when I just started Founder, I had no like idea in the beginning what I was doing whatsoever. I didn't even have a background in producing magazines, nothing at all. Welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor, the podcast brought to you by JBM, a search firm that places executives and future leaders into high growth startups and scale ups. This week marks the final episode of our early stage founders feature series. I've loved digging into the stories of our amazing guests this series, from Freddie Ford at Patch, Hannah Russell at Max Creative, and Afro Senchix's Rachel Tuamasi Corson. Despite being 10 years into my journey as a founder, I've learned so much from these quality conversations. So I hope that if you're an aspiring or early stage founder, that you found them equally useful and inspiring. Before we get into series eight, which launches in a couple of weeks, our final early stage founder story is with Nathan Chan, the founder and CEO of Founder, a global media and education company that connects millions of people with some of the most successful entrepreneurs of our generation. In today's episode, Nathan and I discuss how a number of setbacks got him into entrepreneurship, his early learnings from being a founder, and what we can all learn from the world's most successful founders that he's had the privilege of interviewing. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the upcoming 40 minutes with the brilliant Nathan Chan. Nathan, welcome to 40 Minute Mentor. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, James. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, 7 p.m., just starting to finish up my day. And yeah, really excited to be here. Thank you so much for uh, your time. No worries at all. Well, you are our first Australian guest. I always love first on the podcast. And I'm really excited to share your amazing career story. So to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better, we'll start off with some quick fire questions, which we always like to do. So could you finish these sentences for me? First of all, one of my daily habits is? Eat porridge for breakfast every morning. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great start to the day. I like that. My first ever job was? First ever job was delivering pamphlets, like doing a paper run, basically on my bike. A classic first job. I wish I could be better at? Leading people. Oh, that's very honest of you. Yeah, I think that's something I'm always... Feel I've got to keep working on as well. I'm sure there's lots of uh, founders listening to this that will agree with that one. A misconception people have about me is I'm actually quite a very shy person, and yet you do what you do. That's well, we'll get into the story a bit later, but it just goes to show I think that there are actually a lot of more introverted founders out there. So, yeah, okay, interesting. Thanks for sharing. Have you always been shy out of interest? Yeah, always naturally, but I'm pretty good at hiding it. Depends on the situation, though. If like I'm in a room of like with people I don't know, I might get a bit awkward or nervous. But you know, throughout the years, a bit of liquid courage helps as well. And yeah, I tend to always be in situations where I know people or I'm I'm okay. But yeah, I'm actually yeah naturally quite a shy person. That's really interesting. I'm pretty extroverted, and I'm a, definitely a, a people person. But I actually yeah, there's a lot of times where I'm in a room of lots of people. It's often imposter syndrome is my uh, downfall where I kind of feel I don't have anything to say. So I kind of go within myself a bit, which is, is interesting. It just goes to show even people like us that record lots of podcasts and talk to lots of people, you know, you, you definitely have your shy moments. Something I wish more people believed in is that it's possible to start your own business and 
really, it's possible to live life on your own terms. That's a great answer. Thank you, Nick. And finally, can you share something that we wouldn't learn from your CV? So that could be a a failure or a setback that you've learned a lot from. Yeah. So for me, basically, when I just started Founder, I had no like idea in the beginning what I was doing whatsoever. I didn't even have a background in producing magazines, nothing at all, nothing about design, editorial. I was basically an investigative journalist, but I knew nothing about journalism and I just had to learn everything on the job. Wow. Oh, well, that's, that's inspiring to see all you've achieved despite not having some of that experience and skills. And I think that says a lot about your tenacity and hopefully it's inspiring for anyone else that's about to embark on an entrepreneurial journey um, at the moment. So, so we're going to dig into that story. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing some of that. I feel like we've already got a snippet into your life and career. But uh, before we talk about Founder, I'd love to explore sort of what led you to getting into entrepreneurial life. So I think you started your career in in IT and then we're looking to pivot industries but didn't have that much success. So can you tell us a bit about the journey and how you ended up starting your own business? Yeah, so pretty much James, I was never a high achiever throughout my life. Like honestly, founder is my biggest achievement yet and before founder, I never really had that much ambition, right? Like just being honest with you, I saw you know, so many people starting businesses around eight, nine years ago. Like eight, nine years ago, I started to kind of hear these stories of friends of friends or maybe not so many people in my immediate network, but my out of immediate network, like starting businesses. Or you hear stories of people starting these online businesses where they didn't have any experience at all. And they were starting these online businesses and doing all sorts of crazy, really cool, fun, exciting things. And so for me, I really wanted to understand that. So pretty much, I started the magazine to effectively teach myself and was an investigative journalist kind of finding out how everyone or how people were starting to create these online businesses and how you can create a business with no skills or experience whatsoever in whatever it is you're doing. And you can do some incredible things. So over time, what I realized though is like when I started building the magazine and really getting into this, I just fell in love with the space. And I became extremely passionate with this idea that I could give everyone access to this level of information. And so really, we just started like I started going out and interviewing all sorts of successful founders. And then the rest is kind of history. But that's kind of how I started Founder. It was really scratching my own itch. First of all, wanting to understand what it took to start or grow a business. And then over time, it became so much more. Amazing. And I think given what we do as an industry and in the recruitment space, we have to deal with lots of knockbacks every day, lots of rejection. I know that your story wasn't plain sailing in the run-up to creating Founder. So what kept you going and what does keep you going when you get rejections and failures? Like, How do you overcome those knockbacks? I find what's really, really, really powerful and helpful for me is I like to put myself out there and make promises. And I don't like to be a person that says something but doesn't do it. So I make sure whatever promises that we make to our customers and community, we keep it. And that kind of keeps me going. And I don't want to let our audience or community or students down. And that's what really gets me through it. So I'll give you a great example. So 
when I first started the magazine, we launched on the first day, we made $5.50. And when I launched it and you know, two people bought and subscribed, I was like, oh my God, wow, I actually have to create the second magazine because I was charging for a monthly subscription. So, you know, there was no way, James, that I was never going to just keep producing that magazine. And now we're like 120 magazine editions in and we've never missed a, a delivery for eight, nine years. So I guess, yeah, the promises that I make to our students and our customers, that's what keeps me going and even through all sorts of rejections. And that's what kind of helps me get over all the knockbacks. Amazing. Yeah, I really like that. It's that unwritten contract with yourself. Gives you something to kind of aim towards and keep you honest. So that's really interesting. When you look back at your career, particularly the earlier parts and the, the, the sort of tough, the tough bits, perhaps, is there anything that you would do differently or any particular advice you'd give to your younger self or, or similar people at the earlier parts of their career? There's one thing, and I think it's a common thing amongst entrepreneurs, and that's it's always what's next. It's always, it's never enough. So I would have gone back and told myself to enjoy it more and enjoy the early times. Like they were some of the funnest times. Like I remember in the early days when I started Founder, I was still working in my day job in IT and I would get up first thing in the morning and I would take all my recording gear and I would actually take it, put it in my bag, get to work like an hour or two before, jump into a random office, like a random meeting room and do an interview and then go to work. You know, I, like I was sometimes even doing interviews on my lunch break, right? For the magazine. And then, you know, I remember times when I was like, when I first went full time on the magazine, one of my heroes is Seth Godin, incredible entrepreneur and marketer. And I remember I really wanted to interview him. So I wrote him an email. And I wrote him the email at like 10 p.m. at night, just pitching him. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, I woke up at 6 a.m. And he wrote to me like half an hour before saying, yep, let's do it. Can you do it in half an hour? And I'm like, yep, done. And I just kind of just jumped in like, and, and just like it was the most incredible interview. And I just winged it. And it was just so much fun. You know, I wish I would have told myself to, you know, really stay focused on our students and our customers and what they need. I think that's incredibly important. Not to say that we haven't, but I think it's easy to forget. And I wish kind of we doubled down on product in much earlier times. Yeah, so those are a few things. No, it's really interesting. And I think enjoying the journey is, is actually a really, really good point. I think I just so stressed at points of the first five years of building JBM that I yeah lost sight of some of the wins and didn't really celebrate any of the wins and just kind of was just so worried about you know getting to the next day and the next challenge and hitting the next milestone and you forget this is a uh, you know life is precious and short and and actually you can easily let some of the amazing things and some of the amazing learnings kind of pass you by just because the, you're so in the grind of just kind of building and I think that's something I I totally agree and I think if I was to start again i'll try to enjoy it a bit more and definitely try and look at it through that lens now we've already kind of sort of had a bit of a snippet into into founder but for anyone that hasn't heard of the business before can you tell us a bit about you know what the business does what your mission is and and how it's evolved over the years yeah for sure so founder is really an educational platform where we get real founders or what we call legit founders 
to teach you how to start or grow any business. And that's really taken us on a journey. Like it's really been based on like how we can best serve our community and students. So whether it's through our magazine where we first started to now building you know, the best online educational platform or ed tech platform in the world for entrepreneurs. That's kind of who we are and what we do. Amazing. And I know you've gone from a, a sort of bootstrap startup to a media and education empire that's accessed by millions of people looking to be inspired by some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Very similar mission to our own here at 40 Minute Mentor. What have been some of the most pivotal moments in that journey? And how have you decided to diversify your offering over the years? And when have you known the right times to do that? So look, there was one really key pivotal moment and that was launching our first course program. And basically what happened was I wrote this article on Instagram, how we grew our founder Instagram at the time from 10,000, from zero to 10,000 followers in two weeks. And the blog post went semi-viral and then all these people started writing to me saying, hey, do you do consulting? And I was like, no, I just want to grow founder. And they were like, well, do you have a course? And what that kind of led me down on was this this pathway of of looking into online education. And the first course I taught was was on how to grow your Instagram following. And it was a cohort-based course. And what I realized then over time is off the back of that course, how we could like really serve our students through our programs and courses where we had world-class instructors teaching. Like some of the people that we were interviewing for our podcast, for our magazine, how do we get them to teach on and, and build out this platform? So that was a pivotal turning point. And right now, we're really at another pivotal moment where we're launching Founder Plus. And Founder Plus is going to be our all-access membership product where you get access to all of our online courses for you know one annual fee or, or monthly fee. And what I realized there was that the single program model wasn't really serving our students the best way possible. And we needed to provide constant education to people in our community. So we're really launching our best ever product. And I think, yeah, that's kind of how we're, I would say it's, it's a pivotal turning point for us right now. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's not easy to kind of continue to evolve a business. And you've clearly done that really successfully. What have you found the most difficult part of shifting from primarily media business to a more ed tech education focused company? Yeah, I think it's been public perception. You know, like when you're known for one thing, it, it actually becomes difficult to really retrain the public's perception of who you are and what you do. And really, when I think about it, we've always been in education one way or another. And over time, you know, we, we'll continue to double down on the brand. We'll continue to, you know, like what people see. And I, and I think it's going to be a journey. But eventually, you know, like there's a lot of companies just just like you guys right now at the 40 minute mentor right like you have a you know a recruitment agency right but you have you're building out media yeah and you're building out a media component of your business for us at founder we're going to be first and foremost an online edtech business but then we'll have a media component that drives i hope a lot of interest and and really helps people still with our content but at the end of the day first and foremost 
it's really going to be about Founder Plus and, and how we can further serve you. Amazing. No, I really, really love that. And yeah, I think some of this stuff comes very organically and it's really just about adding more value. And sometimes you just got to be bold and go for it, don't you? And try new things and keep listening to your customer base. And I think that's definitely kind of how we've evolved sort of to do more and more content creation. And it's been really additive for our company and actually goes really hand in glove with the exec search and recruitment stuff we do. I know as a founder myself and all the founders that you all have interviewed over the years, that it's kind of mistakes as part and parcel of founder life. And they still happen, whether it's you know first few months or 10 years down the line, like I am. And I know you're, you're pretty similar. It's all part of the journey, all part of the fun, you could say. What would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes you've made over the years? And what have you learned from those mistakes? Yeah, so there's obviously a lot. But if I could boil it down into a few things, I think hiring certain roles earlier to help support the business during its growth. I think, you know, that's been some great lessons around kind of how do you consistently level up your team and the people around you and bring in great experienced people that can kind of help the business take go to the next level or or even just yeah, really focusing on just having the, the right team and the right people on the bus. I wish I knew that early and done more things earlier there. I wish I had a pivoted to Founder Plus earlier, to be honest. Like right now, it's so clear to us that this is the best product that we can put out into the world when it comes to entrepreneurial education. And that's where we want to focus all of our attention. So I wish I had done that sooner. You know, I, I was sued for trademark infringement in the early days of starting Founder. Yeah, it was an interesting one. But look, that was a blessing in disguise. All these things, like in terms of mistakes, they will become blessings, right? So you just kind of have to work it out as you go. But yeah, I, I wish I had to be uh, a little bit more conscious of what I first called the brand. I mean, it's great to hear something because I think we often learn so much from our failures and hopefully don't make too many of them twice. But it is part of the journey. I think it's one of the reasons we want to talk about failure on this podcast because we want any aspiring entrepreneurs or founders listening to this to to kind of not make the same mistakes that we did. So it's great to hear some of the things that you learned a lot from. You have interviewed some of the most successful founders there have been in the world, the likes of uh, Richard Branson. I know you spoke to him pretty early on in your journey. And you, you mentioned Seth Godin as well. He's obviously a, a real legend. How did you get those sorts of high-profile leaders to interview them? And what advice would you have for anyone else listening that's got big dreams, whether it's to interview or, or land as clients, really high-profile individuals? I think uh, there's a few key things. The first is you have to work out what that person wants and align with what that you do. I think that's really key. So as an example, for Richard Branson to get in touch with him, to get him on the front cover of Founder, I worked out you know, that, that Penguin Random House, the, the book publisher, they want to profile their authors and they want to get them more press. So I reached out to them and then off the back of that, I got the ability to to speak to his head of PR. I didn't email her. I called her up. I think there's a lot of weight when you call somebody on the phone or want to speak to them. It's so easy to get caught behind emails. It's safe. It's easy. It's easy to type an email and press send. And like, you know, you have to have a considered approach as well when you're reaching out to that person. And, and what you ask is like with Richard Branson, I didn't say I want to do an interview. I said, you know, I'd love to do an interview with you to talk about 
how you've built Virgin and had all these incredible successes and really share with the next generation of founders, you know, how you come up with incredible business ideas, how you validate them, et cetera, et cetera. And also the fact that, you know, your first business venture was actually a student magazine and, you know, we're a fledgling magazine and I'll always be forever grateful that uh, he gave us that opportunity and gave us his time. Another thing to think about as well is finding that gatekeeper, finding the right person. You know, for me, it was, it was Richard Branson's head of PR. You've got to find the right decision maker. You talk about finding, you know, landing a big client. Who's the big decision maker? Who's the person that you really need to get in front of that they're going to put that forward to that person that you or that company or the, or the decision maker that's going to make that decision? I think those are a few key things when it comes to, I guess, landing high-profile guests or clients. Another bonus tip I'll give for people, especially for anybody that has a podcast, is I mentioned at the start, it's all about you know, making it a mutually beneficial exchange in value. So you want to find that person at the time when they're looking to do an interview. So a great time would be if they're releasing a book, right? So a great hack is on Amazon. There's an Amazon books coming soon list. And you can go on there and you can see all the books coming. And that gives you at least a six-month runway to pitch the person or that you might always want to interview or one of your heroes because you know a lot of heroes write books, right? So, or thought leaders or, or whatnot. So, so that's one tip that I would give to people, which I think is is a pretty big game changer. But then, you know, at the same time, it doesn't have to always be a book. I remember to interview Tim Ferriss, he was launching his TV show and I had a relationship with the person that was running the press for it. And so it was actually quite easy to just tap, either that person tapped me on the shoulder, I can't remember, it was a while ago now, probably five, six years, but either that person tapped me on the shoulder or... I tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, I heard you're doing the press run for Tim's show. We'd love to, to, to speak to him and do a front cover feature and do this and do that. And I said, yep, done. You got 30 minutes, there's the schedule, bang, off we go. So, but it comes down to kind of finding what's in it for that person and, and looking for that mutually beneficial exchange in value. So I hope that kind of answers your question, James. Yes, great, great answer. And I think there's so much in there for anybody, whether it's podcast guests or getting people involved in your business in some other capacity, whether it's as an ambassador or someone to interview. I think, uh, frankly, the Amazon book one is a tactic I think I might adopt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you can also dream big. You know, I think I never believed that, you know, half the guests that we had on the podcast would ever come on. And I think sometimes you've got to be creative and you've got to hustle and you've got to, as you said, be quite proactive and considered in how you do it. And then it's, I think a lot of it is about that very thoughtful, considered and tailored approach because they, they do get asked for a lot and you got to value their time and, and make sure you, there is that value exchange. And But I also think, especially if you're doing something really meaningful and your mission is very similar to ours in terms of inspiring the next generation and raising aspirations, yeah, I think people will be surprised at how many great leaders out there want to pay it forward and you know, are willing to help out people like us that might be in the earlier parts of our careers, but trying to do something big and bold and inspire like a big group of people. So I've been always uh, pleasantly surprised at how much people that I'd never thought would respond have. And it's not always with a yes, but it's sometimes with a not now, but maybe later. And that's enough there for me, you know, to follow back around. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. That's super helpful. We mentioned before, you know, that a big part of what you do is you've built this incredible 
community. You've got this amazing following. Community is a word that comes up more and more, particularly in the startup and VC ecosystems that we work in. What would you say are the fundamentals of community building that people really need to get right? Well, look, when you think about community, it's really about kind of like, how do you build relationships at scale? And when I say relationships at scale, the relationship that that person has with your brand, product or service. So for us, I think it really comes back to just the basic stuff of caring, right? And to be honest, when it comes to us with community building, you know, we have a large following on, on Instagram as an example. And that was a big authority piece for us. But at the same time, you know, the, the goal is different now. We're really trying to double down on community and double down on the relationship we have with our community. But I think it comes down to caring. It comes down to serving first many times and then asking later. I think that's a big one. And then I think it comes down to listening, right? Really listening to your community, giving them a voice, giving them the ability to not only share feedback, but having a two-way conversation and then empowering your community to drive things. To be honest, this is an area of development for us at Founder. I think uh, you know this is something that we're talking about a lot and thinking about a lot. And we're doing a lot in this space, which I'm really excited about. No, that's, that's amazing. Somebody once said to me that, one of the best signs of an amazing community is that it can exist without the person that created it or, or the business that, because it's just there and it's interacting organically. And, and I think there's a lot in that. And you clearly somebody and your company, a founder is clearly a place that it can build very engaged communities. And, and I think that's, it's just a wonderful thing to see evolve. And it's something that we're always looking to do, particularly with the podcast, actually, you know, we, just people that love hearing these stories and really have that kind of, desire to keep developing and you know it's wonderful to bring some of those people together just to swap feedback on stuff and hear their thoughts and get their perspectives on, on what they want to hear next um for me that i get a lot of um satisfaction out of hearing those and getting that feedback even if it's sometimes you know it's not always positive sometimes you have to hear some blunt truths but that's often what makes you evolve things and make it better you referenced there you know this big instagram following you guys have and you know, social media is a, is a gift and a curse. And I know growing a, a following can be, is definitely not easy. And it also can be seen as a bit of a vanity metric compared to other things that one considers when looking at business. So how do you measure the true impact from your community, from your social media following, more than just the kind of the follower numbers and all that sort of stuff? Look, it depends on your goal, right? Because I agree, like you know, your social media following can be seen as a vanity metric. It depends on your goal. Like for us at Founder, we wanted to build a large following. And, you know, for us, it was a real driver for for the growth of the brand. Like still to this day, even on Instagram, we poll all of our students that enroll in our, you know, any of our programs or courses. And the number one place that people first hear about us is Instagram. So for us, it was, you know, how do we, you know, like I have a large following from an authority standpoint, but now that goal is changing, right? And we have that, but now that goal is different. And, you know, you really need to understand why you're in the game, right? You really need to understand that. So yeah, it is tough to, to measure otherwise. Totally. I'll be honest, my wife runs a business via Instagram in the interior space. And it's been a, 
I am a total novice. You know, we've we've never really cracked it. Uh, so it's kind of a bit, almost a bit embarrassing to have somebody that's you know, a bit of very engaged, uh, successful business with a large following, and then uh, we've never cracked it. But I think it's also there's different channels, I guess, and and LinkedIn's definitely are, you know, the one that lands best for us. But I have huge admiration for anyone that can build such a great audience on that. So kudos to you for that. We're sadly getting towards the end, Nathan. I really want to talk to you about some of the, given what you do, given what we do, I want to talk about some of the founders that you've spoken with and some of the advice that you've had. So we talked about Richard Branson. I'd love to know from all the other high profile leaders that you've met over the years, who's left the, the biggest impression on you and why? Uh, look, there's been so many, James. I'll give you one that comes to mind, and that was Scooter Braun. I mean, do you know who Scooter is? Yeah, it's that uh, Justin Bieber's manager. Yeah. So I interviewed him only, I'd say, about three, four months ago. And just what left the biggest impression on me with him was just how he'd been on this journey of self-discovery. And really just this journey of just, I guess, kind of extreme personal development, extreme personal growth, and his level of vulnerability that he shared on that interview. And it was just incredible. It was definitely one of my most profound or kind of just like wow moment interviews. Another one was with Joe Jebbia, one of the co-founders of Airbnb. I asked him a question. I don't always ask this to founders I interview, but sometimes I do just out of curiosity. And and I asked him, is it ever enough? And he said to me, no. And I find that interesting because you've got someone that's built, you know, one of the largest companies in the world saying it's, it's you know, everybody knows it and everybody uses it and it's still not enough. So yeah, those, those are a few things that come to mind. Wow, incredible. Yeah. I think that both those things are very interesting and they resonate with me a bit because I think some of the very best interviews that I've ever had on the podcast have been when guests really are so open because you, you really, we're all human. And I think there is a bit of a, you know, there's that hustle culture in, found, in founder life, in startup life. There's that bravado that comes with it. But the truth is, it's hard. And, you know, you make a lot of sacrifices and we actually, I know you, you're the same. We, we want to show the r- realistic view of things. And sometimes you need that vulnerability to just show that it's tough. And, and whether it's someone being a bit emotional because, you know, it's come at cost or whether it's just things in their life that have, um, have left a, a real mark on them. I think, I think it just, it, it's so nice to see that. And I think in, in this day of like media trained people, you can get a lot of like, cut, copy, paste answers. So I, I think it's so refreshing. And this is why I love talking to people like yourself. Mate. It's just lovely to have just a really open discussion. I think that always makes for the best interviews. And that's very, very interesting about the Airbnb founder. I know a lot of people like that. I hope I get to the point where I'm like, no, I, this, you know, there's a legacy here and I can step away. I don't know if you could, uh, if you're always striving for more, I can see how that can be quite hard, but definitely a trait I see in a lot of founders. What would you say, having spoken to, to people like that, you've learned about what makes a, a truly world-class founder and leader? And are there particular traits that, that are kind of consistent from the interviews that you've done that the most successful founders have in common? So when it comes to, I guess, a world-class founder and leader, it's got to be their ability to tell a great story about what they're building. 
especially on the leader leader space, like the ability to clearly articulate that vision and really sell it in an, an extremely compelling way with the level of conviction required. There's something very special there because if you don't have that level of conviction, you won't make it work. You know, specific traits, I'd say it's the stuff that we all know, right? It's got to be an obsession. These people are obsessed. They work insanely hard. They're insanely disciplined. They have the ability to identify talent. All these super successful founders that, you know, you or I interview, the truth is they're really, really good at at finding great talent or identifying having great people around them because you know, even with founder, like I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for this incredible team I have behind me. It's just, you know, me as the founder, I'm just the person that kind of is the spokesperson now. Like the business can't run with just me. So I think that's a common thing that a lot of people don't talk about. And then this insatiable curiosity to want to learn and level up. I think, you know, the speed in which your company grows is a direct correlation of your own personal growth. And if you can outlearn your competition, your peers, uh, and what in whatever it is you're doing, you know you, you're going to get there faster. So I think those are a few things. Yeah, great answer, Nathan. I couldn't agree more. I think particularly relevant for us is that is that you know talent magnet and ability to you know sell a story. So Nathan, as you can imagine, we get loads of aspiring entrepreneurs listening to the podcast. So. What advice do you have for for them? They're kind of they might have an idea, they might be itching to start something, hand in their notice, get cracking. Like, what advice do you have? You've spoken to so many brilliant founders over the years. What wisdom would you impart on them? Just do it. Don't be afraid if it's hard, or if there are days when you feel like you're going backwards. It's just really about staying in the game. And honestly, like we'd love to come on that journey with you. We're here to help support however we can. Love it. I couldn't agree more. Just go for it. I think I've always said, even if it isn't the billion dollar value business and the success that you want it to be, I think, you know, one, there's so many tools and resources now with Founder and, and a podcast like this and various others where, you know, there's so much more help there for entrepreneurs. And and I always find out that you learn more in a few months of doing a startup than I did in the, the corporate career I had before. So it tells you a lot about yourself, I think, in there. Uh, is a great experience to go through. Nathan, we're sadly at our, our wrap-up question. So in one sentence, what does the future hold for Founder? We're really sh- helping to shape and build up the next generation of world leaders and entrepreneurs. Love it. And at the end of your career, what would you like to be remembered for? Helping millions of people build and grow strong, sustainable businesses. That's a great one. And it's probably unsurprising that I'm going to ask this, but do you have a mentor? And if you could be mentored by one person dead or alive, who would that be and why? I would say our team. I learned so much from everybody around me and everyone I interview. Great. And is there one person that you wish you could be your mentor? Yeah, I'd say Steve Jobs. Just the way he thinks about building product and and how he articulates vision is just incredible. I'm sure that would be one a lot of listeners would agree to. And finally... What's the best piece of advice you've ever received that you can leave our listeners with? It's one that I learned from one of my old mentors, Mitch Harper. And it's that basically every single problem that you're experiencing in your business right now, there's somebody out there that has solved it. 
And pretty much it's your job to go out and find that person. And it's it's not so much about what is the problem or how do you solve it, but it's like who solved it and how can you learn from them? I'm a big, big fan of just learning from others. That's a fantastic place to leave it. Nathan, thank you so much for, for joining us on the 40 Minute Mentor and sharing your story and for all you do for founders out there in the world. It's so fantastic for them to have a resource like founder and I'm sure you'll continue to inspire millions of other aspiring and successful founders. Hopefully, uh, uh, lots of our listeners will also be inspired by your story. So thank you so much. Hi, thanks, James. An absolute pleasure. Really appreciate your time and the opportunity. Cheers, Nathan. I really enjoyed my chat with Nathan and particularly appreciated his honesty around the many challenges that he has faced as a founder. It's not something everyone is comfortable talking about, but I think is really important for us to share the reality of startup life. Resilience is a quality that Nathan has in spades. And I particularly enjoyed learning about how he landed such high profile interviews early on in the founder journey. And I've definitely picked up some tips of how I can attract future guests onto 40 Minute Mentor. So I really hope that you learned a lot from this episode and from all our episodes in this feature series. And I can't wait to kick off series eight in two weeks time. So if you haven't done already, please don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a review. We really appreciate your support. See you soon.